The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hello, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, business planning. Ooh, just two little words. They mean a lot. So if you believe strategy and planning are the same, uh uh-uh, think again. And what if your CFO and your CIO are not on good speaking terms? Well, your organization's efforts at achieving truly integrated business planning may become a hugely daunting challenge. Think about that. Why? Well, planning, according to my experts, is evolving to be more about people and process than about technology. Hmm. The experts speak. Joining us today are Jeff Hattendorf from Macrospect. He quotes the eminent Benjamin Disraeli, and I love this quote, Jeff. There are three kinds of lies. Lies, damned lies, and, wait for it, statistics. Wonderful quote. We'll be finding out from Jeff Hattendorf in a minute or two what that has to do with business planning. Also joining us from Deloitte today is Nat Dercolet. He says the only limits are, as always, those of vision, quoting James Broughton, who, those of you who don't know, is an American poet and poetic filmmaker, and he was part of the San Francisco Renaissance, 1913 to 1999. So much for good quotes. David Dixon is also joining us today, an author and speaker and hands-on technologist, and he says, quoting Yogi Berra, I love this quote, because every time I see it, it's a different version. you got to be careful if you don't know where you're going, because... You might not get there. Thank you, Yogi Berra, and thank you, David Dixon. And rounding out our panel today is Floyd Conrad from SAP. He quotes Jack Welsh. There's a good one we haven't heard yet. Management is all about managing in the short term while developing the plans for the long term. That's a pithy quote from Mr. Welsh. So join us for more of their wonderful insights on business planning. How far have you evolved? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We are coming to you live on the Business Channel. It's Tuesday, May 28th, 2013, and you're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers presented by SAP. I have a quick question for my Game Changer listeners before we move to introduce my guests. Okay, you know you have to do it, but it can be painful just thinking about how to harness your business's big data. Uh Uh-huh, we know that. Go to our show page on the Business Channel, click any banner, and look through the list of complimentary offers. I've got an ebook for you on how to start eliminating the pain of big data. So there. Now let's hear about our panelists. Jeff Hattendorf is the principal consultant and COO for Macrospec. He has more than 20 years of experience moving data for business. I can see that on the side of a big moving truck. Welcome, Jeff. How are you today? Good morning, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. Where are you calling from today, Jeff? Warm and muggy Dallas, Texas. 
Okay. I think we're in cool and shady uh, Long Island, New York here last I checked. Okay. We'll compare weather later. Nat Dirkelet is the Canadian Performance Management Technology Practice Partner and the Finance Analytics Domain Lead at Deloitte. Welcome, Nat Dirkelet. Where are you calling from today? Hi. It's, uh, I'm calling from Ottawa, Canada. Okay. And weather? Well, as long as we're doing the weather, how is it up there? Uh, not bad, not uh, not as cold as people think. Um, so just uh, beautiful uh, uh, walking weather with no no heavy coats. Sounds good. Sounds ideal. And the third person on my panel today is David Dixon. He co-authored the book Mastering the SAP Business Information Warehouse with Bill Inman, the father of data warehousing. David is also an executive, a practicing consultant, and a hands-on developer. Welcome, David Dixon. How are you, and where are you calling from? Glad to be here. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois. Okay, oh, and windy? Weather. Is it windy? Uh, no, but it looks like we're going to get some rain. Okay, all right. I think we have the whole spread here. And Floyd Conrad is the Global Senior Director of EPM and Finance with the SAP Center of Excellence. Welcome, Floyd. And where are you calling from today? Hi, Bonnie. Uh, I am actually, actually also calling in from Dallas, Texas, where it's uh, nice and uh, muggy and warm today. Okay, well, glad we had the weather spread there. I appreciate that. Now we're going to go back into your wonderful quotes. Think about it. We've got one from Disraeli, one from James Broughton, if I pronounce that correctly, one from Yogi Berra, and one from Jack Welsh. Never had such an eminent panel of quotes before, so let's pull it apart. Jeff from Macrospec, three kinds of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. What does that have to do with business planning, Jeff? Well, you know, in the world of business, and particularly in the world of numbers, we can take numbers, particularly out of context, to prove any point we want. Read anything in the news today, sit in the business room and, and have different people argue their points, and, and they all have some kind of statistics or numbers. And as we are in this age of growing data through social media, systems like HANA to capture other data in real time, the, the, the quantity of data is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to simplify by talking about, oddly enough, Yogi Berra's favorite sport, baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, for over 100 years, they looked at batters on batting average, home runs, runs batted in. And in the last 10 years, the Oakland Athletics have reinvented that through sabermetrics. They still look at those statistics, but with all the data available to them, they found that it's not the single statistic, it's not the single number that drives the point. It is the holistic view of those numbers that is important to the business. Very well put, very well put, and where we're going to be discussing that more as we get deeper into the uh, concept, the overview, and the digging apart of what is business planning. Thank you, Jeff. Nat Dirkelet from Deloitte. Did I pronounce it right? Is it James Broughton? James Broughton, how do you pronounce his name? I would pronounce it Broughton. Okay, Broughton, then we'll do that. The only limits are, as always, those of vision. Sounds to me like we're talking about a visionary in this business of business planning. Talk to me, Nat. What do you think? Sure. Um, you know, vision uh, absolutely needs to be a focal point uh, when you start a business planning, um, you know, finance analytics uh, initiative. Um, you know, in my experience, a common myth, uh, Bonnie, shared by uh, finance and IT is that these types of initiatives are, are thought of as single projects uh, mm-hmm. by finance and IT, and, and the reality is, is that is definitely not the case. Uh, you need to create a, a vision that encompasses all your business planning and finance analytics data, uh, as well as, as you mentioned at the outset, 
processes and supporting mm-hmm. enabling technology. Um, you know, without it, you'll not maximize your ROI on these projects. And you know, as I've found in uh, with some of my um, uh, client engagements, uh, they find themselves redoing parts of the project when they uh, finally do realize that they should have started with a vision. So. Vision is very important. It doesn't matter what size of organization you are. Uh, definitely plan for it at the beginning of your uh, roadmap. I'm glad you brought that up, Nat. That's a question I often ask at the end of the show, if we can apply all of the insights and the expertise of the panel to companies of all size. Because here on the Business Channel, I believe we are reaching people who are visionaries, a.k.a. entrepreneurs, that little gleam in the back of their head, oh, I can do that better, a product, a solution, a service, something. And we're also reaching people from behemoth big Big enterprises on the high end and everybody in between. So thank you for, for giving us that level setting that this applies to everybody and a good idea to be in your business plan. We'll talk later about the DNA of who those visionaries are and will be in the future when we get to our predictions. David Dixon, love the Yogi Berra quote. Forgive me, somebody used it a couple weeks ago on a different show, and their version was a little different. So I like that this morphs a little bit like Yogi. you got to be very careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. David, what does this have to do with business planning evolution? Well, I love this quote because it's uh, there's a degree of ambiguity with it. And to connect to the discussion that we've had thus far, talking about vision, you know, where you're going is about vision. And, you know, you might not get there is, you know, how do you measure there? And we talked about, you know, measurements and, and uh, you know, uh, statistics and, uh, um, you know, how to measure that. But this, I think, goes beyond just, you know, strategy, but also the communication of the strategy. So even if you have a strategy, you know where you're going, are you communicating that to the rest of your organization? And is there an execution plan or an execution framework to get there? But again, this 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 um, um, uh, uh, quote has some ambiguity. So there's also those out there that say, hey, you know, it it it's not, you know, no one can predict the future. It, it's so hard to. We have so so many disruptive events, and you know, how do you predict the weather? You know, we were listening. Uh, I was listening actually just uh, a few days uh, to Pepsi talking about, you know, uh, an executive talking about how if any given day, you know, uh, the weather gets cold like it's been in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose, you know, uh, soda sales. So uh, really, but we're all out there planning, trying to see farther in the future um, and trying to get our crystal balls out uh, to, to, to mm-hmm. do that. And, again, it, it's the challenge of uh, the world's unpredictable, and we know that plans change as soon as we implement them. Um, and how do you link um, the strategy and, and the vision of where you're going with, uh, uh, you know, with, how to, with the plan to get there? Very interesting, and I think later in the show we'll try to also, David, touch upon is there ego attached to planning when somebody has the data at their fingertips, when they have the predictive analytics and they say, aha, we know, we know, we can see, we can predict based on X, Y, Z, one, two, three, this axis, that axis, axis, this report, yes, we know, and then it doesn't happen because we know blank, 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 what happens after all. So we'll talk a little bit about that, about pinning your hopes on, okay. Okay, and Floyd Conrad from SAP quotes Jack Welch, management is all about managing in the short term while developing the plans for the long term. Sounds like there are two very important threads going on at the same time. Floyd, talk to me. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. I I love using this quote during uh, conversations with customers about integrated business planning because I think uh, most customers uh, really kind of focus on that first string about managing in the short term. But, you know, it's very important for them to also think about developing the plans in the long term and also making those plans uh, integrated and actionable. So, you know, you know, that's pretty much the topic of today of talking about integrated business planning. 
we have to make sure that these long-term plans are actionable and that they are integrated, you know, getting the operations and the finance organizations uh, talking together and being able to make these uh, plans actionable. Floyd, who should be involved in this? I'm looking down at one of the talking points you sent me for the show. We have just a couple minutes until we go to our first break. You say business benefits. There are business benefits of getting more people beyond finance engaged in the planning processes. How big a scope, and then everybody can jump in on this, how big a scope, who should be invited to the planning party, if I can say that? Floyd? Yeah, in my opinion, everyone, everyone in the organization. So, um, you know, if you look at a profit and loss statement and see all the various different expense, expense items uh, within um, a profit and loss statement. So, for example, if you look at salaries, you know, one of the largest expense items uh, in the P&L, you know, that actually goes through everybody within the organization. So here you can include, you know, human uh, resources and all the various different department managers. If you look at revenue, you know, you can go down to um, the actual brand managers at a CPG company that are planning out uh, the various different uh, SKUs or line items that they have that they're responsible for, and also linking that to various different commodity expenses. So, for example, you know, if you're manufacturing, um, say, baked goods, you know, what happens if the price of sugar increases, and how does that actually impact my uh, my bottom line. So, you know, again, you need to be able to get everybody uh, throughout the organization uh, to be able to incorporate into that conversation and be able to see what how that actually impacts the overall uh, uh, plan. Thank you, Floyd. Jeff, do you agree, disagree? We have just about a minute and a half till we go to break. What do you think? Everybody? I absolutely. I absolutely agree. I would, I would focus on the, the people that work with the customer as the, as the point of the spear, if you don't mm-hmm. understand who your customers are, you can't understand what it is you have to market and sell to be successful in the marketplace. Follow closely by the operations people, because without operations, you can't have success. You can have the greatest product in the world. Without the best sales team, you're not going to be successful. So the sales and marketing team have to work together, and all of the things that they do really come into that bundle that is the financial planning, which is the CFO's office, supported by the CIO. I don't mean to, to diminish other parts of the organizations. But those four mm-hmm. groups really drive the strategic planning at an organizational level, and everything else falls out from there. Thank you. Nat Dirkley, I have just a moment for you to join in sure. this. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, my thought on that is essentially what we're uh, each talking about is more effective business partnering, uh, having mm-hmm. finance work with uh, different parts of the business, and you know, really understand the drivers uh, of the business, doesn't matter what industry you're uh, you're planning for. And so, um, you know, uh, business partnering, uh, you know, does provide you know greater value uh, to the organization uh, and a more you know a better. Uh, more effective quality plan uh, as as an output. So I uh, completely agree with all the comments. Okay. You know what? We're heading to a break. Don't worry, David. I didn't forget you. We'll get you in the next segment. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. We're talking about business planning. How far has your organization evolved? I can safely bet you're going to learn a lot from listening to my panelists today, Jeff Hattendorf, Nat Durkale, David Dixon, Floyd Conrad. We're talking about a big topic, strategy, planning, what's the difference, and why should your CFO and your CIO at least shake hands and nod and have a good conversation. Okay, we'll be right back after the break. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse, however you're listening to us. Brad, out.
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. And here we are, and I have to point out, if all of you who are on Twitter today go to hashtag SAPRADIO, you will see that my co-producer Malcolm Kimberlin has brought up a picture of the cover of David Dixon's book, Mastering the SAP Business Information Warehouse. Really cool cover, David. So we've got coverage for you there on hashtag SAPRADIO. So let's go to our coffee break segment before we start the roundtable in earnest. And Jeff Hattendorf from Macrospect, what are you drinking today, or what do you want us to think you're drinking today, Jeff? Well, I'd like you to think that I'm drinking my favorite <laughs> beverage at the start of a project and at the end of a project, and it's a nice California Merlot. It doesn't really matter on the, the venter as long as, it's, as long as it's got a good body to it. And the reason that's my favorite vintage or my favorite drink, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to integrated planning, is you might not have heard this before, but people in finance and people in IT don't always get along. Ah, and in the world in which we operate, when we're putting in systems and we're helping them rework their processes, the people have to get along during the project and after the project. So I find it as a tremendous aid in, this, in our success if we start the project with a breaking of bread, some adult beverages, whether it's wine or, or whiskeys or, or whatever the preference of the group is, to get everybody in a casual setting so that we're not thinking about finance, we're not thinking about IT, we're not thinking about the silos in which we operate at the office. We're just talking because we're going to have to talk a lot over the next several months to put the system and the new solution in place. Very interesting. So we, I think in the, in the opening I alluded to planning is evolving to be more about people and process than technology. You just proved that to be true, Jeff, talking about people, talking about people and planning and sharing in a common goal and, a, and in a, an outcome, correct? Absolutely. And I would add that, that relationships have to have some kind of foundation in a non-business setting to bridge the gaps that we have in our business structures. Well, that's probably one of the most interesting coffee break coffee what's in your cup today I've ever heard. So thank you for that little life lesson there, actually a big one. Nat Dercolay from Deloitte, what are you drinking today, or Nat? Yeah, no, for those that know me, uh, you know, espresso or cappuccinos uh, anytime during the day uh, just continue to uh, 
give give us the energy to get us through. So to build on uh, Jeff's point, um, you know, he he uh, mentioned Merlot at the beginning or end of the project. Um, you know, during the project. Uh, every day we've, um, you know, on some of my uh, projects lately, you know, designated a, um, uh, uh, you know, designated coffee runner, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to get us, uh, you know, whether it be Starbucks or Tim Hortons if you're in Canada, whatnot. Uh, but, uh, you know, these, these projects are, are heavy work, um, you know, heavy lifting and uh, require just that additional uh, caffeine uh, during the day. So, uh, espresso or uh, you know your favorite coffee drink uh, tends to do it uh, during during uh, dur- during the uh, project life cycle. So um, that's uh, th- that's my trick to keep uh, keep the energy going. Thank you. Stay alert. Stay connected. Stay happy. Stay energized. Yes, energized. They don't let me have caffeine on show days, as I like to say on the show. <laughs> no way. Wonder why. David Dixon, what are you drinking today? Or yeah, I'm a, another caffeine junkie. It's called an absento. Uh, it's a Ooh. foamy latte, and they make it with coconut milk, honey, and get this cayenne pepper for that little extra spice. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, cayenne the, pepper. Interesting. Yeah, signature drink of a coffee house by the same name. Very popular and, in Chicago. And how do you spell that drink? I, I have to know. It's I-P-S-E-N-T-O. Ipsento. Okay, I need somebody, either Pras or Malcolm, to tweet that. By the way, I'm going to invite Pras Chatterjee, who is along with us today on hashtag SAP Radio, and Malcolm to both tweet what they're drinking today. And let's see now. Okay, good. And let's see, Floyd Conrad, what are you drinking today? Well, you know, I get to travel globally uh, as part of my role, and one of the things that I've gotten addicted to is really more the European-style coffees, you know, more the uh, uh, espresso-type, shot-type glasses. So, uh you know, last week I was actually in Rio de Janeiro, and I was able to, uh, you know, have these conversations and, you know, have the various different coffee breaks in the morning and the afternoon and drinking the uh, the nice little small uh, shots of espresso uh, and having mm-hmm. the conversations. Now, I try to replicate that with my Nespresso machine. So, uh, you know, I think I'm on my fourth shot today. <laughs> so now I'm actually <laughs> drinking water. Good plan. I have to mention that Malcolm said he had to resort to the Keurig today. And those of you who know he loves Equator coffees knows that's not a good way to start the week for Malcolm. We send our sympathies. Pras, we're waiting for you to tell us. Did I cover everybody? We got Jeff, we got Nat, we got David, and we got Floyd, correct? Everybody got their coffee in. Am I right? Yes. Okay, good. Want to make sure we get everybody involved. It's always a fun part of the show because we get to learn a little bit more about you, your personality, your preferences, and thanks for tying it into our business theme. Now, let's get serious here. I think we already were. Jeff Hattendorf, let's talk about why the office of the CFO must have a strong relationship with the office of the CIO. Who should initiate that? Who typically is the one who initiates it or cements it, or who might be the one who isn't so happy about it, may I ask? Well, it depends on the organization as to who initiates it and, and who's happy or unhappy with it, but it, it mm-hmm. tends to be that the CIO reports up through the CFO to the CEO. When they're on more equal footing, you, have a, you tend to have a stronger relationship. But what I find is that, that the CFO typically has to take the lead in forming a relationship that is not just about do what I say or do what I ask you to do, but go out and be a leader in technology, understand what's going on in the world of technology, and help me understand from, from a financial standpoint how that's going to impact our business. You know, 15 years ago, I doubt that Walmart thought that Amazon was going to be a major competitor when they were selling just books. 
And if mm-hmm. you look at what Amazon is doing today, those user reviews and ratings that they put on their website, that changes how a product is sold. It makes or breaks products. People are actually looking at those reviews before they make a, a purchasing decision. You don't have that same experience inside of a Walmart or a Target or other brands. And I would hazard a guess that the, the CIOs 15 years ago, if they could go back in time and redo some of those decisions, would have made decisions to be much more competitive with someone like Amazon today, as close as they could be in the stores, uh-huh. if the technology allowed it. And so it, it, it probably has to start with the CFO in most organizations, but you've got to rely upon the CIO to be your, your technological guru. And the pace of change is so fast that, that that guru probably can't do it alone. It takes a team. True. And David Dixon, I want to bring you in here. Uh, what do you think? Do you, where, where do you think it comes from? Which office? Do you agree with Jeff? Disagree? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it does uh, relate to the personalities and the political architecture that's involved within each organization. But I would say academically, uh, generally, I, I would say the CFO really needs to be leading because they speak the lingua franca of business, which is mm-hmm. financials. Every function within the business organization needs to be able to translate what they're doing into financials. In many cases, good salespeople don't, aren't really apt at that. They're good at selling. Um, so the, it's the CFO that has to uh, translate you know, their performance into financial metrics, and really the CIO is there to uh, uh, build the systems in order to uh, generate that. So, so I do agree that in a lot of organizations, the CIO does roll up to the CFO. Um, of course, in technology-led organizations, like we mentioned, Amazon and there's a lot of other Internet-based companies. Technology plays a much more strategic role. But generally, I would say the CIO and CFO have to be in tight, you know, and some would say equal, you know, partnership uh, together. So I think we see both paradigms where um, they're working together or uh, the CIO is reporting to the CFO. Thank you. I want to bring in another point here. You sent me before the show, David, and, and bring everybody in on this. You said the challenge of integrated business planning is like bringing the Tower of Babel, or some people say Babel, onto Esperanto. There's a strategy and an execution gap beyond simple communication due to the think versus do political camps and, here's the key, organizational silos within functions and business units. Sounds to me like everybody's doing their own thing up and down the vertical slot and nobody's talking. So is the conversation we've been having about CFO and CIO communicating part of solving this Tower of Babel, David? And then I'm going to ask Floyd to jump in on this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I've heard people talk about integrated business planning as settling on one number, you know, be it that the forecast. And I believe in reality, there is no one number. Um, Everybody's got their own forecast. Everybody's got their own metrics to measure their own Mm -hmm. performance. And it's not about necessarily just coming up with a strategy and linking plans to it and even just communicating that strategy all the way down. You've got political architecture. You've got change management uh, challenges because people uh, come back, you know, come from different perspectives within the organization and uh, different political uh, uh, interests. And there's just fundamental philosophical differences, too, within the organization. So some would argue, hey, we need to do more strategic planning and look forward, and others uh, would advocate all about execution and about perspiration. And, 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 and so mm-hmm. really, you know, which side? Are you a doer or are you a thinker? Um, and then, they, of course, uh, yeah, everybody's got different you know, backgrounds, as I mentioned. So uh, a forecast coming from a plant manager, you know, uh, is going to be different than uh, what marketing sales is going to say about the forecast because they're, uh, uh, they're motivated uh, differently, and there's compensation models that that, that uh, compound that. 
Thank you. I want to bring Floyd in. And Floyd, uh, interesting, you say with integrated business planning, it's time to integrate your business plan, which is something a lot of organizations struggle with. There's our reality check. And you say, whether this be how your budgets, forecasts, flashes, strat plans all tie in, and how to make each model relevant to the other. How do you make the models relevant so that people talk? Floyd? Well, I think that it's, it's two, two parts to it. You know, first is process. So, you know, when I talk to uh, organizations about integrated business planning, if I'm talking to uh, the finance organization, you know, I'll go through the integrated business planning process, and even though that they're not responsible for the operational side, they're still being able, they're still getting numbers from those uh, individuals. So it's very important to um, include them as part of that process. And part of the way you do that is also through technology. So right now, um, a lot of organizations still work in the silos, as um, I can't remember who uh, mentioned it, but I think it was David. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as, as these areas, different areas work in silos, you know, a lot of times um, there's a lot of disconnect, say, between finance and the operations. So we have to get these two organizations to, first of all, start talking to each other, and also if we can enable that through technology. So people aren't either working uh, or looking at different uh, solutions to be able to um, to come up with the information, but also to be able to start, start communicating and sharing the information, um, you know, across the organization. Thank you. And you know what? We're up against another break. When we come back, I'm going to open up with Nat Durkale. Nat, you told me, you quoted a client to me. You said they told you technology has changed the way we work and what our people do. And you added you really have to go in and adjust it to new technology. We're going to find out exactly what Nat is thinking, Nat Durkale. When we come back, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial excellence with game changers and a quick note from pros chatterjee who is joining us on twitter today he says he's drinking darjeeling tea it's the champagne of teas and only the best when it comes to planning that's it pros you nailed it we'll be right back don't even think of touching that app that dial that whatever brad out when it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. 
Welcome back. And in case you're having trouble discerning what the meanings of the words are we're talking about today, strategy is setting the direction for your organization. Planning is part of the execution of the strategy. We'll be talking more. Let's talk right now with Nat Dirkelet from Deloitte. He told me that a client told him, quote, technology has changed the way we work and what our people do. And Nat says you just have to go in and adjust to new technology. Nat, talk about the client. If you can't mention the name, give us a couple of clues along the way, some some demographic information, we don't need to guess, and uh, tell us what this all means. Sure. Uh, so client is um, one in the uh, media and entertainment industry, uh, n- not in California, though, uh, but okay. somewhere else in the U.S. <laughs> thank you. Um, pardon me? I said thank you. That keeps it nice and anonymous. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, you know, technology has changed the way we work and what our people do. So if you think about, uh, and, you know, many of us have client examples or examples of, um, you know, how are people, um, and, you know, finance and accounting people uh, building up their plans and, you know, the types of, types of processes they, uh, uh, they execute and, and sometimes, uh, you know, commonly referred to um, as, as the IKEA effect, uh, i.e., if, if people haven't heard that uh, sort of terminology before, you know, it's mm-hmm. essentially finance and accounting people are applied to the world of finance and accounting. Uh, people are very proud of what they've accomplished uh, and the activities that they do to get their numbers uh, together, uh, yes. but others may not necessarily see it that way. And uh, so today, you know, with technology being so wonderful and, and you know, all empowering in terms of uh, types of planning uh, and, you know, integrated planning and the, and the amount of data we can put in it, um, it really requires us to change, uh, you know, what people are doing. Um, it's not all about just changing, you know, their, their spreadsheets uh, that they're, you know, uh, commonly working with, but it's also understanding uh, the underlying processes uh, that feed that information um, you know, so when we do put in a uh, a new solution, um, you know, there needs to be change management uh, around uh, how uh, people's uh, work uh, activities, uh, you know, what's changing, what's not changing, and um, and helping them uh, be better. Uh, business partners, as we talked uh, earlier, um, you know, and, and technology definitely uh, supports and enables uh, that today. It enables us to, uh, you know, put actuals, budget, forecast, pro forma, strat plan, all into one area, uh, and allows us to interact with that data for all kinds of wonderful analysis. And um, you know, you know, th- you know, what what people did in the past. Um, it really needs to be challenged, and, so, and sometimes people need hand-holding to, uh, to get through their IKEA effect um, to, to, and, and be able to uh, really transform what they do and how they do it. Thank you. I want to bring in a little funner. You said wonderful analysis. I love that because it sounds like there's something that might actually be fun. And when I think of fun, I think of gaming. And who isn't thinking of gaming and business gamification? It's a word that's all over the map. Uh, David Dixon, you told me, you asked the question to me before the show, what if running the business can be like a game? And you said, and this is what you're thinking about, we're at the verge of being able to perform integrated, real-time, what-if scenarios and optimization simulations at any level of think-do detail where data volumes are of lesser concern. Can you uh, pull this apart for me, David, and tell me what you're thinking, and then we'll have everybody else join in on this? Yeah, it's uh, a little bit forward-looking, but, you know, mm-hmm. scenario and uh, optimization and simulations are not new concepts. They've been around, uh, they've been around in, even in the, uh, uh, you know, the enterprise space. 
Um, but I believe it's been somewhat limited because of technology and technology constraints to be able to run at the uh, uh, you know the speed at which you need these calculations to occur. So uh, to a certain extent, we've already been doing this in our ERP applications where we run maybe uh, different product cost versions or we run different versions of plan uh, based on uh, different forecasts, and uh, we run it through. But now if we can start to move at, at faster paces, it opens up all new possibilities for simulations. And how do you look at these simulations? How do you make it more engaging and visual? Well, we've already seen this move towards dashboarding. And, uh, and I think, you know, taking that visual uh, uh, approach to visual dashboarding and to running simulations, you want to do what if. And we've seen a lot of games on the market around what if, right? SimCity, right. other things, and, and the algorithms behind them are quite sophisticated. And uh, again, there are old optimization algorithms around how to, you know, uh, optimize, say, a transportation uh, path. Do I, you know, air ship it, or do I, you know, ground, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ship it um, uh, or freight it? So, so that that's really what the notion is about here: is that hey, this is the next generation of of of, of planning. That once we start to integrate these things, now it's about asking questions to do better business. Wonderfully put. Thank hey, you. Jeff Hatton. Floyd, I'd yeah. like to add to Okay, that. go ahead. Yeah, no, please. So, I mean, I think that's great. So when you, because I always talk to customers about scenario modeling, and one of the things that they want to move from, you know, when we start to, on the technology side is that, you know, sometimes it takes them hours and days to be able to respond to those questions, you know, that are coming from the CEO or the chairman or the uh, board. You know, now they need to be able to answer these questions in the matter of seconds and minutes. So, you know, as you go through here and start, you know, being able to go through these uh, various different scenarios, you know, you need to be able to have a very agile system to be able to answer those questions very, very quickly. So um, if, if, a board, if the board presents you a new question, you know, how can the CFO be able to respond in a matter of seconds or minutes to the, you know, to the board? Okay, yeah, thank you. Just to further add on that, I mean, I'm at a, a current client uh, in the construction industry, and their 10 Qs and 10 Ks are, are all about macroeconomic indicators and how it impacts their financials. And so they definitely want to know, hey, you know, they took a hit during the housing downturn, right? And they want to mm-hmm. tie things to industrial production. So there's definitely now more and more financial report. It's less about the prof- – I mean, it, it talks about the profitability, but it's tied to external factors and forces. And I want to bring in another. Jeff, I'm going to read your alternate quote you sent me before the show. Interesting. Um, goes back a little bit to one of my questions early in the show about the ego of the people who are using all these analytics and doing all this planning and basically hanging their hat on, yes, this is the way to go. We have evidence. We have proof. And you, you quoted Colin Powell, another, another person who has not been quoted on the show. You said, according to Colin Powell, there are no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and here's the key, learning from failure. What role does failure play in this business planning and strategy process, Jeff, from your perspective as COO for MacroSpect, please? Whether it's in our organization or our clients' organizations, it's been touched on by Matt and David and Floyd. We're at the precipice of technology allowing the organization to do a lot of great things in analytics and planning and forecasting and what-if analysis. But people at the lower levels of the organization tend to be afraid of making mistakes because in most Mm -hmm. organizations when you make mistakes, you can put your job at risk, which puts your family at risk. That's right. That earlier question you asked about what role the CFO can play, it's mm-hmm. not only the, the role that they play with the CIO, but they have to be a leader. And if you think about Colin Powell and other great military leaders here at the day after Memorial Day, you can yes. see them a lot of times down with the troops. 
they, they weren't they weren't sitting in isolation in the Pentagon or in a room of other generals. They were they were down with the troops, trying to understand what it is they're doing. Because when the board asked the executive team for an answer, they read the same things we do. They see that technology is changing. They expect it's just going to happen. And so the executive team just expects it to happen. It doesn't happen on its own. It requires leadership and hard work and a plan. Yeah, and I, it's and Matt, a here, and I would definitely add to that uh, in terms of some of my uh, most recent experiences, um, you know, in, in, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, short-term uh, projects uh, when, uh, when an organization's uh, modernizing their uh, finance analytics uh, capabilities. Um, it absolutely requires... Um, and my, you know, some of the successful projects uh, uh, that I've, uh, I've been through, uh, you know, one of the key differentiators there, Bonnie, has been where the CFO has actively been involved in, you know, week to week, whether you call them status meetings, steering committee meetings, workshops, etc. Uh, they are actively involved, and they are bringing in uh, their lieutenants uh, as well. Uh, into um, into the conversations, um, and uh, it, it's through that active involvement that I see organizations are actually able uh, to move further along uh, than otherwise possible uh, in these types of change initiatives. Thank you. I want to, Floyd. I have a question for you. Uh, rounding this out, we have let's see, four minutes till the end. Uh, Brad wants to know. I just told him that my clout score just rose to fifty. I'm not sure how, but whatever that means. Congratulations <laughs> to me, uh, Floyd Conrad. I have a question for you. We're talking about all this planning and strategy and the right people talking to the right people and embracing technology and embracing visionary opportunities through analytics and working within failure and around failure and trying to get it right. That's what we're all trying to do is trying to get it right so your business can succeed better, more often, have better success planning. Okay. Now, scheduling. We all know that planning, planning to me is synonymous with something that's supposed to happen at a certain time. So you might want to start your budgets in August, your forecasts continue the last week of the month. I'm thinking of quotas from the police. It's like, oh, it's the end of the month. Go out and put more more uh, speed traps in. Okay, so scheduling on a periodic basis, you say, should be accommodated for a right time basis. Talk to me, Floyd. How does this all, now that we have these, these quote-unquote games and the what-if scenarios, it gets to be fun and people are talking, the silos are coming down. How do you still get the planning done without a schedule, or are you married to the schedule anyway? Talk to me. You know, uh, great, 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 great question. Um, you know, the, Thank um, you. The challenge here is sometimes is with the technology. So, you know, people are still bound to this annual budgeting process. You know, a lot of times the reason why they do that, too, is because they, separate, they set, you know, targets for various different areas of the organization for compensation. But really, I think the, the best way is to do it when it's the right time. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you start going to, say, more of a rolling forecasting type process, so you constantly have an updated budgeting plan, I think this is one great step. You know, other times you have to be able to do it based on various different economic situations or various different event-based situations. So if, for example, you know, you have a major currency fluctuation and you're in a manufacturing type of uh, industry, you know, you need to be able to be able to react to that quickly. So, you know, if it's in the middle of the month, if it's at the end of the month or the beginning of the month, you know, how can you be able to update this budget or this uh, not budget, you know, more so around this forecast or plan to be able to see what happens, you know, based on that current situation. So if currency fluctuations are, you know, you have a currency increase in a certain area, 
and you're buying various different parts or you're manufacturing in that area, what kind of impact is that going to have to your overall margins, and how can you um, manage your business and be able to act, you know, react to that very quickly? If you have a very rigid system, say, based on just Excel, which a lot of finance organizations still use for their budget mm-hmm. platform, they're going to have a very hard um, time to be able to react to that, uh, to that information. And also with big data and having all that information in various different uh, silos and various different systems, you know, how, how is the, uh, the various organizations, the various areas of the organization going to be able to react to that to be able to manage their business? And I think that's the challenges that organizations have today. You know, uh, it is people in process, but we still are reliant on technology. So we have to be able to have a system in place that can, you know, uh, provide those end users the tools that are required to be able to react very quickly. And I think it's a very it's a challenge that organizations sh- uh, should give themselves to be able to do this at the right time. So again, at that right time basis. Thank you. Sounds like a marriage for life with no option of divorce. Ooh, perish the thought. You know what? We're up at the end of our break here. Think about that one. I'm talking to Jeff Hattendorf from Macrospec, Nat Durkale from Deloitte, David Dixon, author, speaker, and I'll call you a developer technologist, and Floyd Conrad from SAP. We've been talking about business planning. How far has your organization evolved? We're coming back with guess what? Looking ahead five years to 2018, I'm asking Jeff and Nat and David and Floyd to polish off that crystal ball. You own it. Tell me if you can look ahead five years or how clearly you can see on a clear day. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Financial Excellence with Game Changers presented by SAP. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, whatever. You don't want to miss these predictions. We'll be right back. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. 
here we are, and it's time for our crystal ball prediction segment. I'm going to give each of my guests about a minute and a half to two minutes to tell us how far ahead they can see. I'm asking them to look to 2018. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. Jeff Hattendorf from Macrospec. Talk to me. In 2018, what will the whole concept, the whole practice of business planning and strategy, the CFO, the CIO, technology, the analytics, what will it all look like? Where will we as a business culture have evolved or not. Jeff, go. Well, I'm going to start with the idea of where we are today is, is we're in an mm-hmm. era of great data. Organizations like Facebook and Google measured as countries are among the largest in the world with the quantity of data that they manage, with mm-hmm. corporations falling not far behind on a, on a consumer and, and uh, business-to-business level. With great data comes great opportunity for information. And those organizations that will be successful in 2018 are the ones that will have found a way to take large quantities of data that often seems disparate, disconnected, unrelated, and found ways to integrate it across the organization, where the marketing team is looking at what's happening in the environment. They're giving advice to the sales team on who's really setting the, the, the sales goals. Those sales goals and forecasts are feeding into the operations plan, and all of that is then feeding into the overall SG&A planning for, as an organization. It's got to be a continuous loop of information, and it's got to happen very quickly. We talked about this earlier. I think David talked about it and Floyd talked about it. Organizations struggle to adopt change. Change is bad. That's a human condition. Mm-hmm. Leadership from the CFO, the CEO, the rest of the executive team is what's going to make organizations who truly get the idea of integrated planning change organizational behavior and get people out of their shells and to communicate with each other. Someone has to set the vision, then they have to execute. It, it's simple to say, but it's going to be hard to do. Jeff, who is that person who has to set the vision? What's their DNA? We have a couple, little bit left on your segment here. What's their DNA? What's their education? Will that, that person change from today to 2018? Same person, different person? I, I, I think it's still the same person from a personality standpoint. It's going to be your CEO, typically someone who grew up in finance or in the business who really understands how the business operates. It's not just somebody who understands business in general, but, but knows the industry and knows how to interpret the large quantities of data that he or she is going to receive from the CFO and from the CIO and the rest of the organization. You know, it, it's going to take a team effort. And if you were talking to a startup today, what kind of personality, very quickly, would you tell them to hire for that visionary person for integrated business planning, Jeff? Super bright and very outgoing and really unafraid to fail. Um, I once had a college professor who gave us advice that they had invested in someone who'd made a million-dollar mistake, and that person kept their job. And the the explanation was they've learned a million-dollar lesson. We can't afford to make those lessons, learn those lessons over and over again. So as long as lessons aren't learned multiple times the same way, you you want someone who's not afraid to fail because it's going to be people who are willing to risk some things who will have the greatest success. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Nat Durkale from Deloitte, how far ahead can you look? Where Where is the clear day you can see forever to 2018? What do you see in the Deloitte crystal ball? Sure. Um, you know, what we uh, uh talking about at the beginning of the, of the segment was around uh, just more integrated planning, uh, and I had mentioned, you know, business partnering. Uh, I think Jeff had mentioned earlier um, uh, just more, um, you know, collaboration, if you will. Um, you know, from my perspective, I see, uh, you, know, you know, two, three 
eight years out for sure. Uh, just a more collaborative um, uh, business process, business planning process, uh, whether that be uh, within the internal uh, walls of the organization, um, in terms of you know online collaboration around a plan. You know everything's captured in one in one system, one place to go uh, to have your dialogues, to do your planning, etc. Um, I also see probably further out, and, and we you know see evidence today around cloud-based uh, solutions as well as you know uh, managed uh, solutions on behalf of organizations, and uh, I think that definitely opens up the door to in collaboration uh, with uh, you know customers, suppliers, etc., um, in order to you know. Uh, be more effective in, uh, in in the business planning and in forecasting process. And then lastly, and, and again, we see evidence of that today uh, around predictive, um, you know, bringing predictive to the Office of Finance, uh, whether that be, you know, a predictive version of a financial uh, forecast or, or a financial scenario. I definitely see uh, statistical models, algorithms within the Office of Finance to be able to, uh, you know, pull together some guideposts and, and be able to uh, challenge uh, the budget, challenge the forecast, challenge the scenarios um, with some, uh, you know, fact-based data. And, and that data may come from, you know, as Jeff mentioned earlier, big data uh, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the enterprise or within the enterprise. Um, so those are some three key areas that I see over the next, uh, you know, three to five years. Thank you very much, Nat. David Dixon, author, speaker, developer, what do you see? Can you look five years ahead for me on business planning, David? Yeah, I think um, we're going to see a continuation of what I'm calling a strong Darwinian forces, you know, force, forcing like mutations in, you know, the business ecosystem where we're going to see, uh, uh, you know, creative destruction of, of uh you know, uh, people process and technology where uh, we talked about people and the DNA. I think we're going to see a, a need for more analytic thinkers that can sort mm-hmm. through the data and make meaningful information and translate that to the business imperative and understand the business model that it relates to. More holistic uh, uh, thinkers that could, that could do that. We need, we talked about other trends like predictive, the need to look at the outside world and then translate that to the inside world. Then we're also, I think, going to see planning move back into ERP and operations and transactions because the technology is now there. Uh, to enable analytics and transactional applications to coexist on the same database and the same um, uh, uh, data model. So we'll see a centralization and standardization movement also uh, going on in the next five uh, years. So I think there's going to be all kinds of trends. And, then, of course, you know, the continuation of shared services models and, and moving up the higher brain function path for FPNA, uh, the financial planning and analyst uh, groups. So I think mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff is going to be happening at the same time as we move up the, uh, you know, uh, uh, as we march towards progress. Thank you very much. Great insights. I appreciate that. And rounding out our prediction segment is Floyd Conrad from SAP. Floyd, what do you see? 2018 in view for you? Uh, in 2018, what I see is really a true uh, enterprise planning platform. So uh, basically, I think, you know, Every software vendor has talked about this in the past, but act, and that's why I say a true enterprise planning platform that not only the finance organization uses, but also the operations that ties elements like social uh, through feeds on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, whatever social uh, methods will be out there uh, by 2018. Also, tying in mobility. You know, everybody has a, uh, an iPad, an iPhone, or an Android-type system, 
So now you can actually get collaboration throughout the masses, and when we talk about pushing things out through the organization, now you can be able to get feedback uh, and input from all areas of the organization. We also talk about big data. Uh, you know, we have a lot of information out there, leveraging predictive uh, analytics or, you know, algorithms uh, to be able to come out with a, a predictive-type model or forecast out there, and then, you know, areas of the organization can be able to uh, leverage that information. Uh, but really having that true one single platform, so as finance you know, and operations develop their plans, they're developing it off the same platform so they can provide that quick information uh, out to the uh, CFO and CEO to be able to make those various different business decisions. So you know, I'm excited about what's actually out there and that what will come out uh, in, by 2018. So I really do feel like you know, we'll be able to see a true integrated business planning platform uh, available to uh, to organizations Thank to help you, with Floyd. The people in the process, you know, by having that technology aspect of it. Terrific. Thank you for wrapping that all up. I have predictions of my own. They're easy. I wrote them down. Here we go. Financial Excellence next Tuesday. We'll be talking about the new CFO Agenda 3.0. I love numbers. Tying predictive analytics to financial performance. June 11th, we'll be doing a topic on integrated GRC, possible in our lifetime. And, hey, don't forget, we're on live tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's my time zone. Coffee Break with Game Changers, our flagship series. We'll be talking about in-memory technology for SMEs, real possibilities. And next week, very interesting topic. No matter where you are in the business world, this one affects you as a consumer. Power to the patient, giving you, the consumer, your medical information via mobile. Yes, yes, yes. I want to thank my very special and articulate guest today. What a great panel. Jeff Hattendorf, thank you. Nat Durkele, thank you. David Dixon, thank you. And Floyd Conrad, thank you to all of you. And some shout-outs to the people who helped make this possible. Aaron Hughes. Malcolm Kimberlin, Michael Lortz, Chris Grundy, Pras Chatterjee. I hope you'll join us on Twitter again. Pras, you were great. And Brad and Ryan and Jeff at the Business Channel team. And this is Bonnie D. Graham, almost ready to sign off for Financial Excellence with Game Changers, but I want you to put your seatbelts on because I have my own CTA. That's call to action. Here we go. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. See you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on the Business Channel with Coffee Break with Game Changers. For now, bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.